Here we go. Here we are. 79% battery. We're going to make it. Yeah. I mean, how much battery do we typically use when we're recording like an episode? 40 to 50. 40 to 50% of your battery? Uh, maybe not. Do you keep track of that? Like no, you... I made that up. Cool. That, that was the number you pulled out of nowhere? Was the 40 to 50% of your battery? It's a guess. This computer is almost 10 years old. You know what that makes me think of? I was thinking about this earlier today, and it's funny that you bring this up. Okay. You guys know Green Lanterns, right? Are you familiar like, with them? All of them? Yeah. Do you know every Green Lantern? Well, you, this said, is about... you said Green Lanterns. Right. So the, this, the Green Lantern Corps. Oh, yes. Okay. Space, I am yeah. aware of them. Okay. They so are space police. They are. And their rings are are charged up, basically. They have to charge up their rings. Right. Yes. And in modern Green Lantern comics, their rings, they can ask their ring what percentage charge remains. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. So you can be like, you know, how much juice do I have left? And your ring will be like 67% charge or whatever. Sure. It stresses me out. I would always feel like I was underprepared as a Green Lantern because when I go out into the into my normal day-to-day life with my phone, if it's anything less than 98% charged, I'm like, ooh, man, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do all the stuff I need to do before I get back to being able to charge it again. Well, do you guys experience that too? You do you what? have like char- like battery no. life anxiety like I do? I used to, but my new phone lasts way longer than a day. That That's what it's about. Because our phones before the ones we have now, the battery lasts for like two days. These last for like a few hours if you're using it because they're older. Also, Jordan, you would make a very bad wizard because you would use like one spell slot. And you're like, oh man, I'm tapped out. I don't know if I could do any more. No, <laughs> see, I don't think so because that's different. Like, because when you're, when you're, the thing I, I like about wizards is like, okay, your spell slots are, are precious, but like you have to be able to do other things. Like a green lantern, if you play your cards right, you never have to be able to do other things. Because, like, their their charge, their ring charge lasts way longer than, like, uh, first-level wizard's one or two spell slots, you know? Mm-hmm. So, like, as a wizard, I'd be like, all right, so spell slots, but sure, whatever about those. I'm going to learn how to shoot this crossbow, because that's what I do. In fact, uh, I can't remember his name. They're one of the newest Green Lanterns. Um, he's one of the Green Lanterns of Earth. Simon, Simon Baz, or Simon Boz. Uh, he has a gun. He, like he like car- a Glock? Yeah, he carries a gun with him. And all, all of the other Green Lanterns are like, why are you doing that? That's weird. He's like, I'm not just going to rely on this thing. Like, what if this runs out? I'm going to be defenseless? That's stupid. He's like, so I'm bringing a gun. That's awesome. <laughs> it is awesome. That's great. Anyways, that's what I was thinking in the car earlier today. Also, all of his constructs are just guns. Yeah. So it's really no, weird. Very cool. gun-focused guy. He's in the NRA. It's not a big deal. Likes though. himself some guns. Cool. Neat. Oh, what are we doing here, guys? We're going to record what an episode of Experience Point. We are. I haven't done that in so long, guys. I, I know. We should, we should do it. Several years, I feel like. It hasn't been that long. No one remembers what my voice sounds like. That's also not true. I don't remember what my voice sounds like. That might be true. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think we should switch things up a bit, though. Okay. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, because we've been doing this for, for a little while now. And uh, I think one of the things we've realized as we've been recording these episodes of Experience Pointers is uh, our, our, our format, our talents, our, our abilities and our ideas might be better suited for a slightly different podcast format. Huh. I'm listening. I like how all of you are just going along with this. Like, this is the first time we've <laughs> talked about this. What do you mean, Jordan? You, you guys this are really selling it. The first time we talked about this. I don't know. I don't like change. Well, hold on. You haven't heard my pitch yet, Garaf. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> uh, I think, I think we would be better served as a, as an idea generating podcast, as something that GMs could listen to, to get uh, at least one, if not 13, sparks of an idea for their current game session, their campaign, something they want to run in the future, or something they want to adapt to work in their own current game. Oh, so you mean like... Kind of like our two-word adventure hook episodes. Oh, kind of like I love that. those episodes. Yeah, those are a lot of fun. Why is this coming across so scripted? <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you guys are reading off of a script, but I no. don't see one. No scripts here. <laughs> oh, it's in my brain. <laughs> so we're going to be playing around with some new format stuff. Uh, yeah. Our, our idea is going to be to, uh, to generate some ideas that uh, can be specifically, are designed to be stolen. 
or or designed to be something that inspires your own ideas uh, for your game at home. Um, so sp more specifically for GMs, but even players who are listening to stuff like this could get ideas for uh, their own games if they wanted to try GMing. You might also get a, a good idea for a character you want to build. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you yeah. Sorry. Ideas everywhere. No, it's all good. Yeah, you can get ideas from all kinds of places. You never know. Also, you might just get a big hearty laugh out of it. Yeah, you might. Sometimes we say some goofy stuff. Yeah. We are very hilarious. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm... Megan really believes that. You <laughs> oh, could tell by the way she said it. selling it. Um, but we do still have a sponsor. <gasps> oh! Just because we're changing things up a bit doesn't mean we're not still experience pointers. Bring it to me. And doesn't mean that we aren't still sponsored by Ben Danish. Yay! Ben Danish, our ongoing sponsor for experience pointers, has sent in another pun of the sode. Ooh! Let's do it. Are you guys ready? We are. Oh, yes. What do you call a test that checks pregnant women for breast cancer? Isn't that like a real thing? Doesn't no. that exist? That doesn't exist? Well, Probably not, for, not. Not specifically for pregnant women. Give me that again. What do you call a test that checks pregnant women for breast cancer? Mammogram. Yes. Got it. It is oh, mammogram. Yes. Well you done. Oh, yes. Really good job there, Grof. Oh, thanks, Wow, man. That, I'm impressed. Oh. I am legitimately <laughs> impressed. I was like, that, I know it's in there. I that's know it's it. in there. That's it. So thank you very much, Oof. Ben Danish, for your continued support yes, of experience thank you. pointers. Better luck next time. <laughs> Why you, gotta, why you gotta taunt him whenever you whenever you get it right? Up his pun game, Wait, I like him. Okay. Do we ever say who we were? Oh, uh, we didn't yet. We didn't do an intro oh, at all. Neat. You want to do it? Yeah. Go for it. Hi, my name is Megan, and this is Experience Pointers, in which we're a trio of gamers, of RPG players, who are gonna generate some ideas for you, for you GMs out there, and maybe you players too. Cool. Just don't introduce us. Just introduce yourself. It's time for you to introduce yourselves now, clearly. This is not how we did it before. I don't like change. <laughs> change is hard, but my name is Jordan. Change is hard. My name is Grav. Well, the problem is I said my name before. I said the name of our podcast, and that's, that's where I went wrong. You know, we're going we're gonna to work on this for next time. But for now, let's go ahead and dive right into Ooh, it. Oh, boy. Well, you threw me under the bus on that, so. That's true. Yeah, you were really in the hot seat there for a second. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Um, so here's the format we're going to roll with for today. We are going to be using a random word generator to generate two words for us. Now we are all three of us going to have the exact same two words for our plot hook. So we are all going to interpret those same two words as a plot hook for an RPG adventure. But after that, each one of us is going to get a separate two words for an important NPC in that adventure, and a separate still, a further separate two words for an interesting location from that adventure. So through this process, we are going to come up with three different threads for an adventure from the same two-word plot hook. Might sound a bit confusing right now, but I think it'll make sense as we get going. Yeah. Now, again, the important thing to remember from all of this is steal it. Steal it. No one will care. No, we don't care. In fact, we invite you to steal this and use it in your games. That's what it's for. Mm -hmm. Or just take something from this, if anything at all, that sparks uh, a separate unrelated idea or something kind of tangential. Change it, twist it, mold it, make it your own. Um, but this is designed to be something to get your, your imagination fired up and your creativity flowing. That yeah. sounded like a Daft Punk song there that you were about to Change into. it, work it, mold it, flow it. Steal it, steal it, steal it. <laughs> All right, so um, I believe this is how we were going to do it. One of us is going. One of us is going to have to go first here. So how I think, would we decide? Let's let's roll a die. That seems appropriate. Okay, so I'll be one two. You're three four. Megan, you're five six. Five six. Here we go. The sound of a die rolling. It's me. <laughs> it's a one. It's me. Cool. You're okay. going first. So I am now going to use this random word generator to generate two random words that we are all going to use as our plot hook. Okay. Are you guys ready? Yes. Our two random words are sea brainy. What? S E E C and brainy. Sea brainy. Sea brainy. Oh, we forgot to do an important thing. What, what? is that? We got to pick our genre. Oh. Oh, right. How do we do that? We need a genre to Let's start. Does no, Alexa let's do that? let's start for this first one. Let's keep it simple. Let's right. let's do sword and sorcery. D&D style fantasy. Okay. Right? Okay. So C brainy. Okay. Here's the plot hook. 
An alchemist develops a potion that allows whoever takes it to basically be able to 100% learn by osmosis. Mm. You, can, you can learn. It, it, it basically magically supercharges your brain. So if you see someone do something, you then can learn how to do it. If you see a wizard cast a complicated spell, you now know how to cast that complicated spell, even if you have no previous magical training. Or if you see some fancy swordsman uh, completely uh, 100% defeat someone without even breaking a sweat in a fight, you can now do that too because of this potion. Okay, okay. And it has started in... Uh, it, this alchemist developed it in a, in a large city, um, and it has started getting out among the people and it's causing mass chaos everywhere because mm. people who were uh previously you know they didn't have a lot of ambition or they didn't know how to lo- how to do a lot of things like now you've got people who want to be thieves who can now very easily learn to be master thieves um so organizations like a thieves guild or something could train an army of you know uh, amazing lock pickers just by sh- having their best lock picker show everyone how to do it so that that is the plot hook it's a potion that allows you to do whatever you can see and it's causing chaos in the city interesting so that's that's our hook so we wrote that down right you all have c brainy as the plot hook yes. got it it's kind of a hard one that is a tough yeah, one okay so that's that's the plot hook okay now i'm going to generate a separate two words for an important npc Okay. In my adventure here. Okay. Okay, so my next random two words are excellent, sophisticated. Wow. Cool. Okay, so the person who contacts the party is uh, the premier. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the premier swordsman in in the in in the land, basically, not just in this city, in this region or kingdom. This is the premier swordsman, um, and he's an aristocrat. He's a he's a gentleman sword fighter. Um, he is someone who has worked his entire life to hone his craft, and and become the master swordsman that he is today. And now there's all these random nobodies who have are taking this potion and seeing him fight, and now they can fight like him. And it's pissing him off. Because <laughs> it's gonna... It, it, it basically makes a mockery of what his entire life's work is. So would he just stop fighting them? No, he's not gonna stop fighting. What he's gonna do is contract a group of adventurers mm. to find whoever created this potion and put it out into the wild for all these random nobodies to now be able to perfectly mimic the things he can do mm-hmm. and put a stop to the supply of this potion. See, that's a conundrum because, like, the party moving forward, if they did this and got the potion, you know one of them's going to be like, what if I just take it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Wait, is this a per- I guess you didn't say if this was a permanent thing or, like, a temporary... It's a temporary thing. Okay, that makes more sense then. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's not permanent yet. Oh. The alchemist is continuing to work on it. Is it perhaps addictive also? Ooh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a drug. Is it a dick? So that that kind of makes it like uh, that movie uh, Limitless. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it oh, kind yeah, it kind of like bit, lets yeah. you lets you be able to do all these crazy things, yes. but it has a bit of an addictive quality to it. Yes. Probably because when your brain is firing like that, and you can just soak in information in that way, going back to like your mundane, normal way of seeing the world and mm-hmm. and learning things seems completely uh, lackluster and boring and gray. So mm-hmm. yes. Not only is it is it doing this, it's also addictive, which is adding further complicated wrinkles to this to this plot hook, because now you have all these people who are using it to achieve criminal ends so that they can steal the money they need to buy more of this potion. So maybe you just started off wanting to learn how to sew super well. But now now you're like a master a master thief slash assassin just well, so you can get um, more of this potion. Think about, though, if you have this potion, you, you don't have to rely on anybody else 
at some point, other than the amount of time you have in a day to do things. So if you could learn to do anything, you could repair your own shoes, you could uh, make your own weapons, you could uh, grow your own food. I mean, Completely destabilized society, but yeah. more important to this campaign world, it destabilizes the nobility and the aristocracy. Right. Because Whoa. now all of the things that were previously just their domain... Uh, any random nobody commoner can do just as well as they can, and the commoners can also grow their own food. Assuming they can get a hold of this potion, which apparently they can. Right. right. But, but, like, the thing is, like, even if they get this potion, it's not like, like, if someone, if a woman's, like, walking through the market and took this potion and saw the blacksmith smithing a sword, she's mm -hmm. like, now I know how to smith a sword. She doesn't have all the tools True. and things that a blacksmith has. True. So how? But like, this isn't about this isn't about learning how to be a blacksmith or a cobbler. Well, sure, but even if she was like, I don't know, you were saying becoming self sufficient. So like, I can I know how to farm. Well, now. that was Megan's thing. I know, but I'm just continuing on. Sure, sure. So like, it's like if you learn to do these things, you still need to like, even if you learn to become like, let's say you become to learn to become a super uh, good hand to hand fighter. That doesn't mean you have the strength of a hand-to-hand -hand fighter. You just know how to punch, you know? Well, hand-to-hand -hand specifically, sure, you do need strength, but a lot of it's more about speed and, and leverage. And leverage. Right, so, but, but they probably wouldn't know that from ex without experience. Well, I mean, but that, that's what they, I mean, that's... Just because they saw someone throw a punch, does that mean they know all, everything well, that, there is? So or? those are wrinkles to iron out for, for your individual uh, campaign. Well, the idea... Yeah. That's your individual the, adventure. That's the difference between mimicking and understanding something. So, yes, you have to decide whether or not this particular potion allows you to understand it on the fundamental yeah. level, to have learned it in that way, or if you're just literally mimicking what you I'm going to say yeah, at yeah. this point... I'm going to say, actually, okay, these are all interesting questions that are fleshing out the world building. I'm going to say it started off just mimicking. Okay. It started off cool. just mimicry. That makes sense. And it was only being able to mimic the things you directly saw. Yeah. So if you saw someone smithing a sword, you would know how to smith that particular sword, but you would not then have the ability right. to, to smith anything else. That's how it started. Okay. And at first it was like, oh, okay, cool. Kind of a fun novelty thing. Haha, ha, that's interesting. Yeah. It could have been something that like a kingdom developed and that that made them super famous. Oh, and, no, like, no, 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 no. This is a secret alchemist. This oh. is one person who's, who's providing this. And at first it was like, oh, interesting. But that alchemist continued to toil in secret and, and make this even better. And now the newest version of this potion is allowing uh, you to learn and internalize things. So now if you were to watch someone smith a sword, you would internalize the fundamentals of blacksmithing instead of just knowing how to smith that one particular sword. You like Sherlock Holmes it into your brain? Basically. Yeah. And, it's, and it is threatening to completely destabilize society in this city. And the people who have the forethought to, to realize the the downsides of this thing such as they are depending on your party's uh point of view in this situation is going this could actually destroy humanity's culture and society as a whole if we don't get this fixed and that's who our excellent sophisticated that's that's who our excellent sophisticated swordsman is okay because there is a there is a certain amount of of um some some indefinable thing that cannot be translated if you didn't put in the time and the effort and the blood, sweat, and tears to learn how to do this thing. You don't have an appreciation for it in the same way. Right. Uh, so he hires the, the PCs to try and find the source of this potion that is now, you know, becoming increasingly addictive, too, as it gets better, uh, and to put an end to this seemingly benevolent street scourge. Okay. So that's our important NPC. Okay, <clears throat> real quick. Yeah. What is this potion called? This potion is called... I feel like it should have a fun name, right? Yeah, it should have a fun right? name. Um... Megan, you got a name? Mm -mm. Oh, man, that's... I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to incorporate the C-brainy stuff, but I don't think I need to. Um... Monkey see, monkey do. It involves monkeys somehow. I don't think it does. I don't no, think I mean, it has to I involve mean, like, monkeys. I mean, like... Sure. Yeah, yeah. I meant like the, as an ingredient. To, yes, as an ingredient. Right. I know, but I think that as I think that might gross yeah. people out a little bit. Like, <laughs> what part of the but, monkey am I drinking? But they call it like MCM two or something. That's a little bit too anachronistic and modern. I yeah, think. I think it is. Too. That sounds too much like a like an early two thousands uh, <laughs> like club drug. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> oh, I want some MCM two. 
Um, let's come back to that. I'm going to come back. I don't want to get hung up on that because I have to come up with this sure. interesting location. Yes. So I'm going to generate two more words here. Fair patch. Fair patch? F-A-I-R patch. A fair patch. Hmm. So what is this interesting location? Okay. Um, this is a relatively new problem in this city, in this kingdom, but it's popped up in uh, other kingdoms uh, as well, in other cities before. Smaller cities, uh, smaller towns, far-off kingdoms. It's just been whispered about. It's a, it's a rumor. Um, but it's come here because it's coming with an alchemist who travels as part of a traveling uh, fair. He's a he's a snake oil salesman. Okay. Largely, he comes up with these fake cure-alls and restorative elixirs, but he he happened upon this this uh, he we'll say he won this formula in a card game. Okay. He won this formula in a card game, uh, and in using it, uh, he has observed other alchemists and picked up uh, their some of their tricks and some of their their tools so he himself is majorly addicted to this own potion uh but it's what he has used in order to further his own abilities as an alchemist and he's just kind of like putting this stuff out he he's kind of amoral um so this this whole thing is just sort of like a big experiment to him he's trying to see he's trying to make this better and hone it and improve it and if a bunch of people get hurt or some you know civilizations crumble as a result of it i mean that's that's not on him he didn't make everybody use this. He just put it out there and told them what it could do. So uh, the place that... What the PCs would have to do is they would have to identify that this is a relatively new thing. And maybe in doing some talking to people on the street and doing some investigation, they would realize that around the same time this fair came to town was around the same time that this drug started uh, appearing on the streets. So they're looking for um, this... We'll, we'll call this... The fair patch uh, is his traveling medicine wagon that goes along with this fair. He's he does like a a, a kind of like razzmatazz show as part of the fair, mm -hmm. where he demonstrates the miraculous uh, effects of his various different potions. But the big finale of his show is this one, the one where he has a random volunteer from the audience come up and do something crazy after watching someone else do it. Oh, okay. So uh, this this in order to find this. Uh, charlatan alchemist they would have to to figure out that it's coming from the fair and then have a day at the fair and I think a day at the fair is always a fun thing for a, true. for an RPG uh, group to go and do oh, it's so true yeah <laughs> so what happens when they find this guy how this is resolved if they choose to resolve it at all because who knows maybe this is maybe your PCs are all power to the people kind of and if this only seems to really be threatening the ruling class so maybe maybe instead of a some sort of urban scourge, this is instead the the tool of revolution in your in your uh, campaign. And maybe they're hired by this aristocrat to go and find it, but as a result, they actually end up using it against the aristocracy and overthrowing an an evil tyrannical government. Could go anywhere, but that is a plot hook, a major NPC, and an interesting location. You checked them all. You did, you did it. it. You've done it. How hard was that? It looked very difficult. It was pretty difficult. Fair patch. I was like, whoa. It was pretty difficult. That's a weird one. I'm not going to lie. But not anywhere near as difficult as it's going to be for you guys to have to come up with something else for C brainy. <laughs> right. Wait. Oh, we're doing something different for that too? Yeah. Oh, Everyone's okay. using yeah. C brainy as their, same, uh, as their oh. same plot hook. So who's next? How do we decide who's next then? I think one of you guys is just going to have to be brave and volunteer. Well, I think I have something. Yeah? I think I do. Okay. <clears throat> so So you're starting with your plot hook. Yes, so C my plot hook. Brainy. And once C again, brainy. that's C S E E as right. in you can see that. So, this uh this ha is happening in a time before glasses or before any way to help people who can't see well see. Okay. Uh and um there is this mysterious these glass, their glasses, essentially, this new way to see, um, and people get really excited about it because, I mean, generally speaking, most people do not have twenty twenty vision, especially the older you get, right? Sure. But right. these glasses, the longer you wear them, also make you dumber. 
So if you continue to wear them, you get dumber. So you, you have to decide uh, which thing you value more. Do you value your intelligence or being able to see? Okay. <laughs> so, so the fact that wearing them for a long period of time uh, it drains your intelligence, that's something that people who use them are aware of? They're becoming aware of it. I think it's one of those things where they kind of came upon it and, and, uh, and as they wore it, they noticed this trend that began to happen. But it, it took time. And I imagine it's one of those things where like the longer you wear it, the worse it gets. Okay. So if you, think of, if you think of it sort of, this is kind of a... a weird analogy but uh, as a degenerative brain disease okay so it's sort of i mean but different than that but just in this in the way that that kind of happens over time so it's it's almost as if you're wearing it it starts to cause some issues there but if you only wear it a little bit every now and then if you spread it out your brain might come back from it but the longer you wear it the more often you wear it the more likely you will have permanent uh, loss of intelligence, or so these kind of sound like a cursed item. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. Like they definitely, it's like it's like oh, it Im it improves your vision, but it makes you stupider. So I think the the uh, basically the hook here is to figure out where they came from and why. So is this just one pair of glasses, or are these something that are like mass produced think, and readily available? I think it was like a pair of glasses, and then more start coming yeah like you start finding like more people are finding them they're all like popping up in multiple locations okay so sort of a similar thing to the to the potion sort all, of uh, but this mm -hmm. is this is another mysterious thing with a with a seemingly positive uh and i will benefit. say i had this thought before i heard your thoughts oh, no, so. no, no, no. <laughs> i'm just throwing that out there yeah okay. I, feel, I feel like this would be a good scheme for like a mob to start in a very fancy town to yeah. be like the rich people can't see well huh here's some glasses and it makes them dumber and mm. harder for them to realize that they're being robbed every night or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or yeah, right. or like organized crime or something coming in and and like just slowly taking over things mm -hmm. from behind the scenes because people lose the ability to like, yeah, notice that they're ceding power and control to this group. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. But they can, see, but they can see color, yeah. and they can read. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, like it fixes all kinds of eye problems that there was just no fix for. Before. Does it fix blindness? That's what I was thinking. That yeah, it does. That it that it, it because it's 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 not just like a pair of glasses. It's it's a magical mm -hmm. fix, or yeah. as you said, like a curse. Okay. So yeah, it can fix blindness. It can fix uh, color blindness. It can fix any issues that somebody might have. Interesting. Okay, so we've got an interesting hook developed here. Mm -hmm. Do you do you want to yeah. do any more? Um, no, no, no. I'm polishing on that. Are you ready? Let's go for... on to the NPC. You got it. Here are your two words for okay. your important NPC. Okay. Dirty skate. Dirty skate? Dirty skate. <laughs> wow. You've got dirty okay. skate, Megan. <laughs> so. Uh, I'm very excited. Me too. Yeah. So, okay. The, basically, there is a there's a thieving guild in, in this particular town. Uh, this, this will also be the NPC that hires the party. Okay. Um, so... This is sort of the backstory of who this is. It's not necessarily who the NPC, who the PCs will know them as. Okay. But this uh, this thieving guild, they're 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 known they're known to be a bad group of people, and they really control uh, the crime in the city for the most part. Sort of like the mob thing you were talking about. Um, and they're known for moving quickly, literally moving quickly, because they have figured out how to put wheels on shoes. And get in and out of places, and, and they're good at it. It's kind of weird, but it works really well for them, right? Um, so this is such a '70s idea. Yeah, it is. We're a roller skating street gang, and we're bad. But sure, if you want to take it that way, but it's more like I'm thinking of it as more of a uh, not like they just roller skate everywhere, but they use it to escape. So it's not like everything they do is on roller skates. It's like, here's an opportunity to utilize this hill, utilize physics to get away from these guards chasing us much faster than they're going to be able to because they have to go back and get their horses or whatever. Um, so it's just, it's, it's essentially a, a creative group. Is, uh, their name, is the name of their group the Dirty Skates? It's just, I mean, if you want it to be. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so the leader of this theming guild is the one who hires you, but he um, he comes in as a concerned citizen of maybe the upper class. Um, so they don't necessarily know that he's part of this thieving guild at the time. But the basic idea is that what he wants is he wants to figure out who 
or where this came from so that he can have complete control over it because it is beneficial to be able to control that who gets it and and what information people know about them to try and control that information because i kind of imagine this whole thing has been happening it's not like you were talking about yours is uh, on a large scale this is on a smaller scale this is kind of new in this one particular area mm -hmm. and he wants to get control over it before the information gets out so that he can utilize it to his own benefit okay. to be able to grow there there, so it's sort of a, um, it's the getting the PCs to do this for him is kind of a trick. Okay. Basically. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he doesn't want to stop this. No. He wants to control it. He wants yeah. to get control out in it. front yeah. of it so that he can be the top man at the end of this. Yes. So the Dirty Skates will be the only <laughs> game in town. Dirty Skates. Yes. Dirty if you, Skates. If you want to make it ridiculous 70s, that's fine. That's not where my brain is taking. <laughs> oh. They are always on skates. It's their call sign. Specifically what I said was not the case. Oh, do you hear that sound? They're coming. It sounds like the Dirty Skates. Scream, 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 scream. Run for cover. It's the skates! But can you imagine that, though, really, in, in a medieval setting? Like, I'm, I'm not saying they didn't have the ability to move quickly, but, sure. but in a lot of ways, not, not like that. It was horses or bust, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they'd be mm -hmm. like, how are they getting away so quick? They must have tiny horses on their feet! <laughs> All right, okay, interesting. So the, the leader of this, uh, this fi physically gifted uh, <laughs> street gang uh, is your important NPC. Are you ready for your important location? I am. Who? Justify saunter. <laughs> Justify saunter? Justify saunter, Megan. What the hell? Okay. Okay. Justify saunter. It says saunter justify. It does say saunter justify, but I was trying to put it in a in a uh, an order that made more sense. Okay, saunter is like a particular walk. Correct. And justify is like making. Uh, giving something essentially a reason for being, right? Or straightening something. I don't necessarily know it. But do it what you definition. want. Yeah, go with yeah. what your brain came up with. Um. <laughs> wow. Okay. What do you got, Megan? <laughs> well, I kind of took justifying a different way. Okay. Where are you going? That's fine. That? That's fine. Oh, yeah. Uh. So I was thinking of it as like. Oh man, tying it to all this stuff though. Um. I think that, okay, I'm just going a bunch of different directions. Go for it. So basically there's a, it's like a temple that, okay. that the PCs would come upon. And it is uh, a temple of justice, essentially, but they don't necessarily know that at the time. Um, and, and it's sort of like an Indiana Jones style, like they have to, to, to be able to get... The, the, their their journey has led them here to discover the origins of these glasses. Sure. Um, and to get all the way into the center of the temple, to, to discover that, they have to beat a bunch of different traps um, and puzzles okay. um, that can involve walking. <laughs> Things like that. Okay. So, <laughs> so. so basically you've got Indiana Jones and the Temple of Justice. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the confident man would saunter yeah and you, you just start sauntering and the yeah. buzzsaw comes right between your legs and yeah. it's like ah yeah it's like a fun because i sauntered like the confident man yeah and then it's like saunter like an old man you have to use like a stick or something to have yeah. like a, a cane you have to have three legs or yeah. something like yeah, that yeah, yeah yeah okay so anyway <laughs> only the penitent man will pass <laughs> only the penitent man will pass but there's no way to figure that out <laughs> Basically. I'm trying to imagine giving that puzzle to a bunch of PCs. <laughs> Only the confident man will pass. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> I did not come up with this puzzle. You did. So anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I think basically the that that would be the the setting. Or I'm, yeah, the, the whatever you want to call it. The location. The fantastical location. Okay. And I don't really, this is sort of, I guess, tying back to it. But I think the idea would be that the um, glasses did come from this place, but they, they aren't supposed to be cursed or bad in that way. It's about how they're utilized and who's utilizing them. Um, so it's it's sort of like a uh, using something for good type thing. And if they're utilized properly, they will not cause damage. But because people are greedy and things so like that. So they're not cursed. They're lawful good holy <laughs> magic items. Yeah. Well, but that's in that that that's in because if they're used in, for any other purpose other than a lawful good purpose, 
they they inflict a penalty. Which then uh, you can play with the um, this this temple being. You know, I was like playing with that idea of like uh, good being so like black and white because mm-hmm. it isn't. And then you essentially make the good guys almost bad guys because they they go so strict on being good. So you could play with everything kind of being gray. There's because... a fine line between lawful good and lawful evil. <laughs> well, there yeah, is. There really is. It's true. Yeah. So that's. That's my fantastic. Interesting. Memory. I think there's a so, lot. Of, I think there's a lot of fun things to spin out there. Also, also one of those puzzles in that temple has to be you have to skate through it. Like that has. You to, have to that's skate. how they well, got in, right? Yeah. Like that's how they got in. Well, but these guys aren't the guys you skate. That's, that's true. The Temple of okay. Justice and the dirty, but the, the dirty skates. I think what that would be would just be spe- about speed. It's about getting whatever that oh, puzzle sure. is about getting through Maybe, really yeah. fast. And if they go, oh, those guys use uh, wheels on their feet. They so to like fast. a cheetah. Well, maybe that's how they stole the glasses from this temple. Yeah, that's how they got there. Well, I don't think they originally, well, you mean right. the PCs? But maybe they were hired to get there or something. Well, but they don't, know. that's why they hired the PCs because they don't they know, know where they were coming from. Uh, yeah, that's I right. See. That's right. We forgot the plot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Pretty good. I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm yeah, intrigued. I think you could really take this and make it real goofy, or you could make it pretty uh, grounded. With a little bit of goofy. No. It's very hard to make skating bad guys. <laughs> and that's just you, Jordan. Uh, come on. I think that is just you. I think you're focused on. on it in one very particular way. Come on. You could make this so grounded, but as soon as someone skates away from a crime okay. scene, your players are going to be like, oh, what? That's because you're thinking of it like rollerblading. That's not how I'm thinking of it. Sure. I'm thinking of it as like essentially like somebody... Like, think about Jackie Chan, who who is in a particular situation where he's trying to get away from somebody, and there's one of those dollies nearby, and he utilizes it in a bunch of different ways to escape fast. That's really how I'm thinking of it. Not like, let me put my rollerblades on, because that does make it silly. And <laughs> I guess and these for guys me could personally, be skateboarding uh, bad guys. They could too. be. And for me personally, I don't like silly games like that. Sure. So I'm taking something that seems silly, and I'm actually trying to... I mean, you think about it, there's a lot of different, like magic systems and things like that where you're like oh that sounds ridiculous but then you create this really interesting like you you ground it in some kind of reality and all of a sudden you've taken something that seems silly to you and you've made it like really cool and dramatic sure and that to me i like a whole lot more than just going for the silly sure okay however i will say i still even hearing what you're saying i still think that it would be a real challenge to present that to players and for them to not turn it into a zany kind of thing so uh, can i counter that with that's true of any D game ever right no i know but that's that's yeah, kind of that's, that's kind of what i'm saying and that's fine but that's that's what i mean i think it's it's a lot from what I've seen, it's a lot harder to find people who want to sit down and take everything really seriously. Not that people don't want to play a serious D&D game, but when you're talking about RP specifically, they don't. it is a lot harder to find that. People want to uh, tend to lean comedic, which is totally fine. Totally fine. But I think that um, that that to me is not something that I personally enjoy. Sure. So okay. I think if you have the right group of people who are willing to buy into that, like we have experienced with some of our RPG groups, then I, you don't have to go that way. Sure. But, but I do agree that ten, t- typically, no matter if it is something that lends itself to comedy or not, everybody leans comedy. Yes. But that's kind of a different conversation. We should get Garav his 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 things. Cool. There will be zero comedy in mine. All right. No just, comedy in Garav's. But I'm not even joking. Like I thought of something that is super dark. Oh, you. There's no way. You've got something for C Brainy. Yes. All right. Okay. Here I don't it know is. whether or not he's going to lay something like really silly on us now, or actually say radio it's something serious. Well, the yeah. longer I think about it, the darker it gets. Okay. All right. So, I'm I'm excited. Uh, okay. So uh, in this fantasy, uh, whatever D and D world could be forgotten realms could be anywhere. Um, a grand wizard of some kingdom has figured out uh, that the brain of a beholder is a very powerful thing that he can use to harness and weaponize. Okay. To the point that he makes, like, he tells the king about this, and they're kind of in a war with somebody, and they're like, we want to win this war. Let's use every resource we have. So he's like, this wizard has figured out how to weaponize uh, a brain of a beholder to basically make cannons out of them. Not like gunpowder cannons, but... Each beholder has eye beams. They right. have eye stalks. They have different kind of beams. And they're super powerful. So if you could weaponize that into something that you could launch at armies, that's crazy. You're going to win that war for sure. Yeah. So basically this king is like, to every adventuring party, he's like, get me the brain of a beholder and we will win this. Now, your party isn't the one that's doing this. This is way after. They got the brains. They almost wiped out all the beholders. This kingdom is top dog. Or- they have weaponized brains 
of beholders. Okay, or eye beasts if you're not playing D and D for beasts. legal reasons. Sure, whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, so they've weaponized uh, beholder brains, and they're pretty much extinct at this point. Like beholders are so rare, and like the way this works is like they don't even kill the beholder; they keep it alive and use the brain to control what beam it shoots. Eventually, it will die just because it's mounted on something and it's shooting all of its power out, and eventually it will just dry off. They will just throw it away and get a new one. But they essentially start caging them, start raising them, and they know the best way to fight uh, beholders to use like an anti-magic field, so they can't shoot anything. So they would bring some sort of artifact when they went to go capture these and put them in anti-magic cages, and just, they enslave beholders for power, essentially. Okay. So this once epic level monster becomes a resource for a kingdom to exploit, essentially. I see what you did with Sea Brainy, yeah. and I dig it. Sea right. Brainy. That's pretty cool. So that's your, so, so that's... that's... That's a, a scenario. Yes. So what's the what's the hook? How do the PCs get involved in this? Uh, I think that's going to depend on my NPC. Okay. All so right. So you want to wait and see first. who your NPC is. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's our situation. I have some ideas, but I need to see what this comes up with. Are first. you ready for your NPC? Yes. All right. Important border. <laughs> B-O-R-D-E-R. Like the border between countries. Yes, that's exactly what came to my mind. Important border. Border. Not like the store? Hmm. Not Ooh, like borders. Borders, books, and something? <laughs> I think just borders, books. I thought it was something else. You're right. I'm thinking of Barnes and Noble. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, important border. Um, I think the easiest way to go about this is to have... So, uh, I think this party is from a smaller kingdom. They're not from this one. And they are essentially doing patrols at the border. Because this kingdom that has control of everything, like, they're under their power, but they also have to patrol for other monsters. Beholders are gone, but there's tons of other things out there. And doing patrol near the border, near a very important location, the, this is the location where the first beholder was captured. So it's kind of like a big deal. Like, this was the, the layer of a beholder that first essentially started and ended this war. And there they find... Um, another beholder, a beholder that wants to speak with them and tell them like his side of this thing where essentially his entire race has been exploited and used up. And at this point, they probably don't even know how the other kingdom is doing this. They don't know about them using beholders as lasers. Like they just thought beholders are gone. Like that's great. What's the big deal? Sure. But learning the other side of this, they are probably empathetic a little bit to like an entire race being wiped out. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's genocide. It's essentially, yeah, genocide. Mm -hmm. So they meet, uh, the NPC they meet is uh, a friendly beholder, and it's probably a very young one. It's probably like maybe related to one of the beholders that got captured recently or was captured originally. But uh, yeah, a beholder that uh, lives in the lair of the first beholder and wants their help to somehow end this crisis. And basically, I think that would be search out and kill that grand wizard that is weaponizing them. Mm. Okay. So wow, this is a high this is a high level yeah. adventure then. Yeah. If you're if you're like if your quest giver's a beholder who's like go kill an arch wizard. I mean it would take a lot of time. They they're not even in the country yet, so they have to get through all the small stuff before they even get to weaponized beholders. Okay. So I think they could start at level three and work their way to level ten. Okay. There's lots of stuff going on there. This Interesting. is like a, in a it's a nation in war and mm-hmm. or so post war, I guess. This is a nice beholder? It's it's nice in that it it knows it needs to say things to get these people to agree. Beholders are very smart, so they're probably pulling some heartstrings and trying to do what they can to get them on their side, but it doesn't really have to do much if it can prove what it needs to prove about this. Sure. So maybe that's their first mission. Like, I can prove this to you. Go here. There's a beholder they've just captured. I guarantee you this is what they're doing. They're like, okay, we'll see. What do we got to lose? You can offer them some money from the lair or something. But Well, and even even if they don't want to help the beholder, it only helps them to take away power from this nation. From a neighboring also kingdom true. that yeah. can disintegrate right. armies at will. Yes. So it's yeah. really whether or not the beholder is their enemy. It's, yeah. it's you know, the enemy of my enemy sort of is thing. Is my beholder friend. It's my beholder <laughs> friend. That is actually the saying. It was the original saying. Yeah. Uh, sorry, my eye beast friend. Yes. Yeah. Uh, either way. Uh, and his name is Carl. <laughs> name is carl okay (laughs) super serious um are you ready for your important location yes here we go oh frail driving driving frail driving i see some of that in this city frail frail driving garav that's your important location okay what's an important location from this adventure okay 
the important location for this adventure is it is an outpost that they have to reach that is holding several beholders hostage inside of a cage. Okay. Uh, and this outpost is basically a compound where they bring the beholders, they uh, eliminate all their eye stalks because they don't need them anymore. They're shooting them out of these cannons they've made that they're pulling them inside. Okay. So they chop off their eye stalks, uh, probably blind their main eye as well. They just need the brain part and it to be alive. Um, and the frail part is that... Jesus Christ, by the way. That's I told you I'm going... Super, I'm that's going, super intense. I'm going real dark with it. Um, the frail part is that once they're inside these cages, they've, this, uh, outpost has been attacked before and basically they don't want anybody else to get these brains, these beholder brains. So anytime, uh, a shipment leaves, it's on like, uh, a cage that is rigged to explode if it ever like turns. So they have to essentially steal this thing and keep it from exploding. Like they're probably gonna get chased or something and they have to go through... So inside of a city. So wait. So this is this is the cage that they're keeping the behold their precious cargo in. Yes. And it's rigged to explode. It's rigged with to the explode. slightest provocation. It's rigged to explode if anybody else like gets to it. I guess. Okay. So I'm kind of yeah. So how do they know that? Because like it seems I, I I hear that's a pretty good security measure if they're trying to keep people from figuring out how they're weaponizing right. beholders. However, if beholders are getting more rare and this is their precious resource they need to maintain power, it seems tricky if they're going to like blow them up at a moment's notice. Well, so is there oh, like wait. a no, no, but they're breeding them. Right? You said they were Pretty raising much, them. Yeah. They're breeding them. They're so, breeding them? So yeah. the, it is more oh. important to keep them out of others' hands than it is necessarily to keep each beholder. Okay. What's the gestation period of a beholder? Right. I mean, that... Uh, please tweet at us the they, gestation so period actually, of a beholder. Do you guys know how beholders are made? Uh, no. no. They're very weird. I don't even know how this would work in this world, but basically they're like drained into existence. Oh. Okay. They're very strange. By who? By other beholders. I believe that's how Hot. it works. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm going to retcon this because I just got a better idea. Okay, better the idea, reason, retcon. The reason, uh, they do cut off all their eye socks. They leave their main eye intact, uh, which can shoot out one ray, I guess. Maybe the most destructive of rays. But basically, if they do escape from this, those beholders are going to go ape shit and just kill everything they see. Because they're, you know, they're, they're being enslaved. They've cut off all their eye socks. They're just going to start blasting everything. So in that sense, it's frail cargo. Mm-hmm. So... That's frail. So how do they keep them in the cargo then if their main eye stalk hasn't been blinded? Or if their main eye hasn't been Well, blinded? the anti-magic cage is still there. So if the cage just opens. So if they get, if they start getting attacked and like it's a not well-built cage or something, okay. or maybe the, they have a fail-safe on the cage or something, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's okay. all sorts of complications you can have in a, in a carriage holding beholders. Both of those ways work for me. Both of those frailties work for me. The yeah. keeping, I, I kind of, although it is admittedly very dark, I kind of like them being fully blinded so that they're completely helpless and they're just being used as sort of like a bio-organic like yeah. battery for I mean, a I guess in cannon. that sense, if they are blinded and they get out of the cage, they're just going to choose to explode to kill anything near them. Because mm-hmm. they're still just angry and pissed off, right? Beholder used self-destruct. Yeah, it's very well, effective. Yeah, and it's interesting taking a uh, a creature that is one of the top level things to fight mm-hmm. and essentially using it uh, and enslaving it in that way. You've so made me care dangerous. about the plight of beholders, Garaf. They're great. They're beautiful. They're lovely. Uh, they can be crime bosses and they're meatballs mm-hmm. with eyes. Yeah, but they're great. They are. So meatballs with arms, meatballs with eyes. All right, okay. So, from the words "sea brainy," <laughs> and admittedly some other sets of words down the line, <laughs> but but from just those humble beginnings, we have spun out three completely different uh, storylines, adventures, NPCs, interesting locations for you to maybe draw some inspiration from. I have a games. question. Yes. What do you think would happen if a beholder was wearing those glasses and got some of that potion? Oh my goodness. Okay, well, if a beholder was wearing those glasses, it would heal his sight. Would it grow his eye stalks back? Oof. I don't know. I mean, I guess That's it a question could. for you. You created these glasses. I mean, why not? I said it, it, it... You said it fixed all... I said it fixed all oh. eye and fixed blindness. So, but it makes you dumber. But then you have this potion that allows you to learn. So how do those two things work? Like, if... 
if the glasses are making so you, you dumber, yeah, you're learning. So you have a bunch of beholder learning. savants running around the countryside. Like they're they they are they they basically they have to wear these glasses to have their vision and their eye stalks back. Right. Which means they're getting dumber all the time. Right. But, so they're taking this but potion. But they're using this potion to be like really good at a couple of things. So they're super stupid beholders that are like really gifted at a couple oh, things. Man. I like that. That is a recipe for um, that is cartoonish disaster. Yeah, I there. really like that. That yeah. one went can off that, the silly deep end. Can that please show up in prickly tall stag? <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll throw that into a prickly tall stag. Um, but yeah, I think I think that was a pretty a pretty good trial run there, guys. We did it. And we lost forty percent battery. We lost forty percent battery. Wow, is. just like you planned. Yeah. Oh man. Now imagine that battery is the only thing that lets you breathe in space, and you're so far away from your home planet. How freaked out would you be right now? I guess I'd have a gun, so I'd be okay. <laughs> Suck the oxygen out of this gun. <laughs> We've come all the way around. Look at that. We yeah. have. We're uh, so fancy. Calling it back. Yeah, great. Okay, um, let's so, sign off. Well, yeah, I just want to say here at the end before we go, we may continue to uh, to kind of like hone and polish this format. Yeah. Um, and we're going to try some different um, idea generators uh, for us to use that you can also use, uh, you know, on their own as well. But let us know what you think about yeah, uh, this new direction for Experience Pointers. Yeah, yeah, please do. Send us a tweet, uh, send us some questions, or give us some uh, suggestions for ways that we could generate ideas in a future episode. Oh, yeah, we have some different ideas, but all, more the more the merrier, I say. Yeah, and we're still going to do that episode in a steak restaurant. And when we do that, we're going to ask the waiter for words. Okay. <laughs> That's going to happen. All right. I'm gonna, sorry. Fine. We're going to do that. When we're we go to it. Vegas one day. Yeah. Oh, now it's going to be in Vegas? It's a steak, steak restaurant in Vegas. Vegas. has upgraded it. To if Vegas. you're going to go to a steak restaurant, you might as well go to a steak restaurant in Vegas. Uh, I want to go to Gordon Ramsay's steak restaurant. That's it. That's the one we're going to. Oh my god, okay. that would be way too expensive. We're going to ask Gordon Ramsay for plot hooks. Yes. I'm going to start an Indiegogo for this uh, adventure. That's <laughs> That seems ridiculous enough to work. Yeah, it does. Um, right. But yeah, I think for the time being, though, we should we should sign off. Okay. okay I like it. So, uh, Megan? Yeah? Garab? Yeah. It's been a pleasure recording another episode of Experience Pointers with you. Yeah, it has, Jordan. Yeah. And until next time... Let's go! This podcast has been a Saving Throw production. You can connect with us on Twitter at expointerspod, and you can follow each of the hosts on Twitter at their respective handles. Jordan is at Jordan Kellerman, Megan is at Megan Caves, and Garav is at GXG. You can also watch us streaming RPGs and more at the Saving Throw Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash savingthrowshow. If you want to listen to new episodes of this podcast early, consider becoming a Saving Throw Patreon backer. Patrons at the $10 and up level can listen to new episodes a week early. You can also help us out by rating, reviewing, and subscribing to this podcast on iTunes or wherever you found it to get the word out. Thanks for listening.